Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Stick around for an interview I did with Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports, primarily focusing on Jimmy Butler, a guy he got to know very well, covering him with the Chicago Bulls. Vinny's been popular attraction on our show before, and it's a really good interview. So stick around for that. Before we get there, though, we're going to talk a little bit about the Heat schedule down the stretch with Nikias Duncan and also with Alex Toledo. And this episode is sponsored by one of our longest-term sponsors, Doral Toyota, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary with below-market prices on new end-used vehicles. Five Reason Sports listeners will get a dedicated manager to work with, so make sure you mention Five Reason Sports. They've got over 1,500 new and used cars to choose from, and it's easy to get to right off 826 and 836, a few blocks from International Mall. In-house financing available for any credit challenges, so visit DoralToyota.com. That's DoralToyota.com for more details or visit our showroom at 9775, that's 9775, Northwest 12th Street in Doral. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Nikias Duncan and also with Alex Toledo. Check out the episode we did, three of us, as well as Alphonse Sidney, about All-Star Weekend. But right now, I want to get to the Heat schedule here because, you know, I, I think that some of the air is coming out of the balloon a little bit for the Heat with losing four or five on the road to end the first, I guess, half of the season. It's really sort of the half, first two-thirds of the season. But now the Heat come back, and after a road game against the Hawks, they've got some home games coming up. I'm going to go through the schedule with you two guys. I, you know, We're not going to play win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. The Heat have lost a couple bad teams recently. But this does seem to set up pretty well. The Heat go to Atlanta. Then they get the Cavs at home and go to the Cavs. I mean, honestly, this should be a 3-0 and start. And then the Wolves, a revenge game for losing uh, to Andrew Wiggins, who's not even there anymore. Uh, that's up, coming up on February 26th. Mavericks come in. The best team that's coming in here, uh, at least in the first five, Mavericks come in on February 28th. The Nets come in on February 29th. And then, of course, the Bucks, uh, at right now 46 and 8, first in the entire NBA, uh, come into Miami. Then the Magic, then the Heat go to New Orleans, Washington, Charlotte comes in, the Knicks come in, the Bulls come in. Okay, they go to Milwaukee, go to Chicago, go to Indiana, and then the Thunder at home. But there's a lot of bad teams in there. I think this is part of where the confidence is coming from, from the Heat. It's Everybody's getting healthy, but also the schedule is softening up. With this schedule, Alex, can this team make a legitimate run, maybe not at the two seed, but certainly at the three? Well, I mean, I do still think that they have a shot at the two seed. Not that it, I think that they're the likely favorite or whatever, but yeah, because of how easy the schedule is coming up, and I mean, you can't stress enough just how easy it is, right? Outside of those two Bucks games, the Pacers game, and the Thunder game, all those other games you mentioned should be 
really easy wins. And we know that's never how it works out in the NBA, right? They're not going to win all of these easy games. They never do, even though they, they've been pretty good at it this year. That's just not how it works in this league. Either way, right, like that Mavs game you were talking about, I don't know if Luke is going to be playing. Uh, he just played an all-star game. So I'm not sure exactly what his injury status is, considering he was out for a little while there. We just heard today for that Nets game that you were talking about, you know, Kyrie's going to be out indefinitely. So that's another team that you should be able to get a win at uh, at home. And, yeah, like I think they have a very good chance of being able to get get a nice little cushion there and make sure that they at least end up with home court advantage, right? That's where they should be really setting themselves up for is trying to get home court advantage in the first round and then potentially having a good shot at the two seed or at least just trying to get out of that four or five bracket so you could avoid the Bucks in the second round. I mean, that's what Bam talked about. They asked, you know, we asked him, you know, what his goal is for the second half of the season. He said home court in the first round. Um, I mean, I, again, I'm looking at Boston's schedule right now. They've had a, sort of a soft run of it earlier in the season. It's kind of catch up to them a little bit here. If you were to handicap this, Nikias, Celtics heat for the three, who do you like? Um, I think based on the schedules, I do think the heat is a safer bet. Um, I will say just kind of going back to – the schedule itself. I think this is going to be a big, I think it's going to be a big stretch for Miami's defense from a scheme perspective. Uh, we'll see if they do commit to switching more as opposed to just running their regular drop scheme because while like the Hawks are bad, the Cavs are bad, um, Brooklyn's bad, they do have a lot of pull up threats or guys like Joe Harris that can fire off the screens and if the Heat are just dropping still, we'll at least get a gauge of how much their defense has improved with like Andre Iguodala coming in, um, Jay Crowder coming in, Kendrick Nunn getting healthier. Uh, just to see what the Heat are going to look like. Since Foe does like to tinker a lot post-All-Star break and kind of settle in on what he's going to do for the rest of the year. So I think that's going to be key to watch. Yeah, mentioning Spo, and I've done these numbers before, and I think this has gotten overstated a little bit. Alf talks about it all the time. Uh, the Heat have been a much better second-half team under Spo traditionally, but a lot of that was because of two specific seasons. Um, it, a lot of it had to do with, honestly, the 27-game winning streak uh, in 12-13. So it's skewed somewhat. But I think what people remember is the 15-16 team that was much better after. They were only four games over 500 at the All-Star break with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh went out, and that team somehow got better with Wild Dang moving to the four, playing with Whiteside, and Bosh not being in. So there have been specific seasons. I mean, don't forget 30-11. and 11. I, I'm trying. I know. I was just going to mention <laughs> it. Uh, so 30-11, and 11, yes. But there have also been – so those are the big three that, that have created this perception. It's, it's those three seasons, 15, 16, uh, Didn't he 16, also do 17. it those first couple of years uh, with D-Wade before LeBron got here? Um, the O – one of those two teams did, yeah. Um, Might have been the 08-09 team. That did. I, I think so. that, yeah, I, I, th I think it was, um, you know, with the big three. And of course, with the big three is a little confusing because the first year of the big three, they started nine, eight, but then they ran off 21 out of 22 before the break. And they kind of played at the level in between the second half of that season. So I, it's gone both ways. Um, they are a little bit better after the break. I think Spolster gets a feel for his team. It's a little bit different this time because he's incorporating two new pieces at the very least. And, and obviously, you know, some other pieces are going to go out. Um, so, I mean, again, looking at the schedule, when you're talking about a lot of bad teams, I, and you guys, I, I appreciate you mentioning that from a scheme perspective. When you're talking about a lot of bad teams, a lot of times we just talk about energy. But then there's also this phenomenon, the random scrub heat killer, uh, which has been a big thing for years and years. I don't know if it exists against other teams. I just know it exists against the heat. Uh, of those bad teams, which are the ones that scare you? Like, okay, this is a team that can sneak up and get one against Miami. 
Um, I would honestly, one of the Cleveland matchups, just because I think under uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, I think they're going to play a little bit faster. Um, really rough start to the season for Colin Sexton, but he's coming with he's averaging around 22 points a game over the last couple of months, shooting well from three. Um, you know, if you get those second unit battles where he's kind of leading the second unit when they're staggering their guards with Darius Garland, you get him matched up against Goran Dragic, that could get ugly pretty quickly. Um, Andre Drummond is now an addition, and you know he'd have had some issues rebounding. So, that, I mean, that that just feels like a game where it's a three point game late in the fourth, and it's like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Are the Atlanta problems solved? Last year they lost three out of four. I was I was at the game here at home where they had to score. What, they were down eight late in the game and basically ran off a 22 nothing run to win that I, thing in overtime. I would think that's going to depend on if Clint Capella is healthy. He's still mm-hmm. dealing with his, I think, calf injury, I want to say. But um, I do think Miami has – they found some stuff with their trap. They've gotten better at that against Trey Young, and they still don't have a – a real consistent secondary scorer. Kevin Herter's come on a little bit. Right. But uh, he, he's still trying to work his way from injury as well. So I think uh, trapping Trey Young, I think they will have some success there if Herter's off or if they don't have Capella back because you're trusting, I guess, Bruno Fernando, Bruno Fernando at that point. He's not there as like a short roll pass or anything like that. So I wouldn't worry too much about the Hawks matchup. I think the Cavaliers matchup is going to be a little closer. Uh, Alex, uh, the two Milwaukee matchups. And obviously we saw the Heat, you know, go in without Jimmy and win. And then we saw them get blown out in the other game. Uh, What kind of a test is this for them? And just assuming Milwaukee's current roster stays intact, they don't add any more pieces off the buyout market. I feel like the Clippers have 38 roster spots, by the way. I don't know why that is. Uh, What, uh, I mean, mean, can the Heat get one of those two? The Buck teams? Yeah, I think they definitely can. I, I, another thing I wouldn't say is extremely likely just because the Bucks are absolutely wrecking teams and they're not even really like a try hard team either. Right. Like they're not beating teams just because they try harder than everybody in the regular season. Like we used to always say about those Derrick Rose Bulls teams, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the Bucks are really, really good. And we saw the heat win early in the season without Jimmy. And that was, you know, when we really thought that, point justice thing was going to come to fruition and then it was going to be a starting point guard forever so things have changed since then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the bucks are now on pace to win like 70 games so i definitely would say things have changed since the beginning of the season but yeah like there it's going to be a nice little gauge to see how, just how good the heat are how competitive they can consistently stay with the bucks and it, it, it'll be nice to be able to compare themselves to those two teams and then again the other two uh games that you mentioned that seem to be pretty good the Pacers and thunder right two other good teams mm-hmm. so i those games particularly, I want to see how they look. But other than that, like, I just expect them to rack up a lot of wins because this is the time where they need to be doing that if they really want to, you know, pounce on the seating. Well, I, I talked to someone inside the Heat organization who basically told me that the schedule came into play with the moves they made, that they felt like they, if they could get some bodies in now, that they could go on a real run here. And, and I think although they've targeted home court since the very beginning, that was the talk. They were very open about it, um, and they're continuing to be open about it. But a lot of people, when I was up in West Palm uh, during training camp, were talking about home court in the playoffs. I, I think that they know that they would be better off not in the four. And so I, I do think there's going to be a push to get that three. I know Nikias and I have had the conversation about, and Alex and I have had it, about whether or not you play Jimmy uh, for seeding or, or you give him a little bit of rest. I tend to lean towards the rest 
if you can, because his legs have looked so much better when he gets a couple of days. But but I do think they're going to push forward. I think they're going to they're going to see if Toronto gets away from them. Uh, but I think Boston is is clearly in their sights. Right. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Right after the break, we're going to get to an interview I did with Vinny Goodwill. Um, stick around for the end of it. Uh, it's a fun time. Uh, Vinny's one of the best reporters covering the NBA, but also really knows Jimmy Butler well and can speak to the situations in Philadelphia and in Miami. Before we do, I'll tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. OneCallLegal.com is for the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They handle personal injury, slip and fall, immigration, traffic tickets, and so much more based right there in North Miami, just south of the Golden Glades. We're actually going to be uh, recording more podcasts from there pretty soon. Got a great relationship with everybody down there, whether it's Joe or Mindy or Eric or David. Um, they do a great job down there at Seltzer Mayberg, and they handle cases from all over the state. So go to onecalllegal.com. And now, my conversation with Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick back for the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out our website, fivereasonsports.com, bringing you interviews from All-Star Weekend in Chicago, doing this one during All-Star Saturday, or at least prior to All-Star Saturday and all the competitions tonight. We're here at the practice in downtown Chicago, and I'm here with Vinny Goodwill, who used to call this place home for a little while, covered the Chicago Bulls, now works for Yahoo Sports. He's become big time. Had him on the podcast earlier, a few months ago. We've had you on like four times, but had you on earlier uh, to talk about Jimmy Butler and what the fit would be in Miami, and you were right. As always. As always. (laughs) The fit has been good. You did a big sit-down with Jimmy, what was it, about a month ago? Yep. It would be. Uh, let's start with what you observed from afar and then kind of get into what you observed in talking to him directly. And he just met with the media here. I put a bunch of stuff on Five Reasons Sports so you could check out all that. Him talking about how much he loves Pat Riley and he wants to play soccer afterwards. And then appeasing the Chicago writers and saying that he might finish his career as a bull. But before we get to that, has it worked about as you expected with the Heat? It has to. It has had to because... Jimmy Butler is the type of player who has thrived in situations where things have worked against him, whether it be the coach in Chicago, the front office sort of working against him. They didn't give him an extension he wanted. They didn't sort of give him this sort of ownership of the team that he wanted. Same thing in Minnesota. 
Now he's got paid in Miami. They've given him a certain level of ownership because we know it's Pat's show and we know it's Eric's show. But they've also given him that space, that oxygen to be the leader that he's always wanted to be. And they've given that support. So I'm not surprised to see the heat where they are. I'm not surprised to see Jimmy playing the way that he's playing. Like, this has worked out as well as it possibly could have. I mean, short of the nagging injuries that happens with Jimmy every year because he plays so hard and he doesn't pull himself back. Like, Ethan, I don't see how anybody else could have forecasted anything better than this. Well, let's get to certain parts of his game because there have been some parts that I've been surprised about. Okay. Now, we, we knew about the defense. We'll talk about the shooting in a second. When Eric Spolster sat down with us on media day, he talked about the playmaking, the ball handling. He's averaging a career high in assists without the turnover number really going up. They don't really have a point guard on this team. I mean, Kendrick Nunn's not really a point guard. As Jimmy said today, Bam Adebayo is like playing point guard half the time now. And he actually says, Jimmy keeps saying that Bam is the reason for their success. He's a big reason. I don't know if I'd say Joe, Jimmy is a co-reason, and then obviously you get into some of the young players who've played well. But I wasn't expecting him to play point forward or whatever it is he's playing quite the way he's played it. Did he have these kind of responsibilities in Chicago when he was playing with Derek? He wanted them. Like, there was a point, him and Derek's last year together, 15, 16, Fred Hoiberg's first year, where he called himself Point Jimmy. And everybody thought it was like a shot at Derek Rose, but it was like, no— like, I can actually play the position in terms of decision-making. I don't have high-risk, you know, low-percentage, you know, sort of turnovers. I can make smart plays. I can draw the defense and kick it out to shoes. Like, Jimmy has a very incredible basketball mind. Like, when, he, when you work as hard as he does, he knows your strengths and weaknesses as well as he knows his own. So, no, I'm not surprised. I think the number is high, right? Averaging around six and a half. You don't expect that out of your three. Mm-hmm. Out of your two, three, who's not a traditional mm-hmm. LeBron, James Harden-esque usage guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's the thing, the assist without the usage of it. And he's not trying to force shots. He's averaging right around 20, 21 a game. But he could be averaging 23, 24 if he wanted to and bring the assist down. But I think he's looking at the bigger picture. These guys are going to have to make shots for me later on. Mm-hmm. And then when I need to, I can score 30 a night in the playoffs to win me a playoff game in a series. But can he? Because there have been a couple of nights this year where he has. But for the most part, the shooting, particularly when he hasn't had rest, he's looked totally different with rest of late. Even having an injury and being out for three days seems to be a good thing for him because at least his legs get rested. The shot is flat. It's really flat. I know it's always been flat, but now it's like a missile. Um, And he's shooting in the low 20s from three. Now, I I wasn't expecting him to be better than maybe 30 to 32%, but I thought if he could get there, what do you see from that? Because he's never never been a great shooter. He's never been this bad a long-range shooter. Well, I think part of that is there was one year in Chicago where he shot like 38. Hmm. I think the the first year he really came on the year he won most improved, he shot like 38 or 40 from three. Then the next year, he shot like 30. And he's just one of those guys where the numbers just seem to fluctuate, and he seems like he's getting the same quality of shots. I just think it's the legs. And when he puts so much on himself, he wants to play the heavy minutes. He wants to play every night. Sooner or later, his body starts fighting back, and it fights back on the jump shot. He doesn't give himself a lot of room for variance. Mm-hmm. When, that, when that jumper, he doesn't get shooter's rolls. You don't mm-hmm. see that type of thing. Right. He makes them late, and he doesn't take them in volume. Like, if you took him in volume and he was a 30% shooter or a low 20s, mm-hmm. I'd say we got a problem. Mm-hmm. But because he seems to make them late, what was the big one against the Lakers? Right. Or I think it was the Lakers that sent it. Was the Lakers right. that sent it to overtime at home, the, the home game that they lost? I believe. Well, the home game they lost, he had a look. Uh, late, but he got fouled twice that they didn't call. But right. I think there was a three earlier, yeah. Yeah, earlier in that game. And I, the question is, do you feel confident in him against the numbers taking that shot late, that mm. wing 
step to the side three-pointer that he can hit, that he hit a lot in Philadelphia last year, that we know that he can hit now. If you feel confident in that, then don't worry about the numbers because who's creating those shots for him? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he's a great standstill shooter. He's a great, mm-hmm. I need to pound, 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 and then take that shot. Mm-hmm. Let's get to your interview with him. So you did this about a month ago, and I, I know you've built up a relationship with him. Uh, what did you sense from that interview, his general mood? And I guess the big question everybody has is, will this last? I sense the calm from him. You know, I, I think there's a different level of, I don't want to say happiness, because Jimmy's not happy unless he's unhappy. If that doesn't <laughs> sound like Pat Riley, I don't know what does. But he was in so much turmoil in Minnesota, and so much turmoil in, in Philly, Like, you want to be validated and feel like everybody's behind you. So while he's going to thrive in a certain certain sense of chaos, it's not chaos to the point where it's not an uncontrollable storm. Like, he's going to test guys. He's going to test his teammates. He's going to test Spo. And I think that relationship, because Spo is going to bark back at him. And that's all Jimmy wants. Jimmy wants to know that, lack of a better term, that your balls are as big as his. And once he discovers that about you and you know what you're talking about, you'll be fine. I don't think he, he and Spo, I don't think there's players that Spo has gotten into it with that fit Jimmy's character, mm. that have Jimmy's sort of chemistry in it. Has Spo ever gotten into it with a guy who worked as hard as Jimmy? Probably not. Probably not. And, and, and I, you know, I've told this, I don't know if I told this on the podcast, but basically I was told Jimmy tested Spo for the first week of camp uh, and came away telling people he knows more than I do. And that was it. And that was it. He's like, I'm going to trust him now. So he basically put, he hazed Spo for the first week mm-hmm. to a certain yep, degree. Yep. And, and Spo came out of it okay. Last thing here uh, with Vinny Goodwill, again, follow him at Yahoo. Uh, there's a national NBA writer there. The Philadelphia matchup, I think we're, we're headed to that. Yes. Uh, it looks like Toronto's running away. Uh, Boston has a tiebreaker on Miami. Miami's got a very soft schedule, a lot of home games coming up, and they're getting healthier. So I think they can make a run at Boston, but probably going to end up in that 4-5 slot with Philadelphia. Miami's taken three out of four. Looked terrible in the first game, looked great in the last three. Ben Simmons kind of downplayed it today. We'll see him in the playoffs when it's more physical. The Heat have just added some physical players in Crowder and Iguodala. I think in some sense, looking at this particular matchup can the heat win that series can the heat win that series if they don't have home court yes they can but i would much rather have home court just because of the layout of the series two two one 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 if it's two three two then i would be comfortable with being the five seed mm-hmm. but because it's two two one 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 and because you're not sure how some of these young guys with Miami will play on the road those first two games, not saying that their confidence will be shaken, but you don't want them coming back home down 0-2 smarting because you don't have the experience to play on the road and then in a do-or-die situation. Mm-hmm. I'd rather put that on Philadelphia where a bad quarter mm-hmm. at home being in game three or four can send that team in a downward spiral because they're begging to be put out of their own misery. Yeah, and the fans will be all over them. And Miami is not, that, is not going to no, be that way. No. So I think Miami is better equipped to handle that type of adversity but if I'm the Heat I would much rather have the home court and be in the catbird seat as opposed to playing from behind. All right so the one question I've asked everybody this you know Jimmy you know Jimmy's body to a degree because when you covered him you have a choice at the end of the season you're going for the four or the five we've seen how much better Jimmy is with rest do you sit Jimmy a little bit force Jimmy to sit because he's not going to want to sit if it maybe means you lose the four seed no because I'd rather have Jimmy in mind rather than in body. Because if you tell Jimmy to sit, 
and he doesn't want to sit, that's going to cause a problem leading into the playoffs that you don't want to have with a coach and an organization as best player. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to build this thing up to be able to add pieces mm-hmm. down the line. And you need Jimmy to be your best ambassador. So while you need to protect him from himself, you can't do it in the last week. <laughs> if, if he sees the three seed in sight. Like if you're two games out with six games left. Or even if he sees the four seed. Even if he sees home court against Philadelphia where they don't have to open at I Wells need, Fargo. I, you need home court. Yeah. I, I'm going to say you need it, but for Jim, put it like this. Can you imagine Jimmy Butler not putting the team on his shoulders? No. If you're at Wells Fargo for games one and two, right. where he's going to want to show everybody in Philly, do you want Jimmy having that pressure? I don't. Mm. So I'd much rather put him in an advantageous situation mm. in the fourth seed and let's go from there. All right. And again, no back-to-backs in the playoffs, so they'll be able to get through that. Again, Vinny Goodwill. And Ben Simmons still can't shoot. That's right. I was three feet away from Ben Simmons today because if I'd stepped another foot away, he wouldn't have heard me. Oh! Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.